0: we're going to be talking about you know your world view and we talked about it last week but we're going to do it again this week and then we have another i i pray that you will not miss the message next week and i pray that you'll pay attention this week i know sometimes at home it's hard to stay focused because you got maybe uh, chicken frying in the frying pan about now and some of you, uh, you know, you got things that you need to do, but let me tell you, nothing is more important than breaking the bread, and God deserves our complete attention. Amen. That means that we're not on our uh, not on our phones looking and while wow, the preacher's preaching. Is that, is that what that means? And we're not sidetracked. We got our mind on the Lord, and we're asking God, "What do you have to say to me?" Now, for that to happen, you have to to give yourself to humble yourself you have to humble your thoughts you have to humble your spirit and your heart and say god what is it that you want me to hear uh today and i know that if you pay attention and then i'm going to give you some scriptures that you may want to say either write down or some of you 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 take your camera out and you snap a picture of it while it's on the screen there so whatever, uh, why your worldview matters. Hebrews, the second chapter, verse number 10 uh, says, God is the one who made what? All right, now help me out. God is the one who made what? All. All things. And all things are for what? So all things were created by God, and they were made for his glory. He wanted to have many what? children share his glory who are the children that's you say that's me go ahead that's me so it says God created all things made them for his glory and then he said he wanted to have you and me to be able to share it with well that should make your your value system go up in your own heart Our atheist Bertrand uh, Russell said uh, this, unless you assume a God, unless you assume a God, he said the question of life's purpose is meaningless. In other words, if you don't have a God, your life is useless. Your life is meaningless. He said he believes that. You're living in just a pretend world. You're living here by accident. You got here by random choice. You're here and there is no rhyme or reason of your life. There is no creator. As a matter of fact, you are worthless and you have no purpose. Well, I want you to know I believe that there is a God. And I believe his name is Jehovah God. How about you? He said there is no right or wrong. So you don't have to worry about being correct. You can be as corrupt as you want to. There's no judge, no significance, no basis for law, no heaven or hell. No one is going to set it right. You can live as holy as you want to. It won't matter. It won't matter. Or you can be as mean as the devil. It really doesn't matter. There is no God and there is no judgment. But there are those, according to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, who gave their life because they believe there is a God. And they gave their life, not necessarily having the promise, but trusting that one day everything God said in His Word will come to pass. Now, hang with me for a few moments. God created everything. Say that with me. God created everything. You already said that, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God did. And God existed long before the universe— He existed long before this planet. He existed long before the human race. And the Bible says that God spoke the universe into existence. 2 Peter 3 says this, Do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. It means that God is not restricted or constrained by time. It's as if yesterday that he spoke the world into his existence. The Bible doesn't spend a whole lot of time talking about how God created the universe, but he talks a lot about why God created the universe. Why did he do that? Isaiah 45, here it is. He did not create the earth to be what? Empty. But formed it to be inhabited. So it has this creation, we call it earth, spoken into existence, the heaven, the earth. And he said, when I created the earth, I created it not to remain empty, but I created it to be inhabited. And sometimes we put meat on that. He wanted it inhabited because he created the earth for the sustenance of human kind. You see, He created the heavens, He created the wind, He created the sun, He created all the things that we see that we see that are beautiful. And then He positioned the earth on the axis, on the axis that not too close to the sun that we would burn up, not too much from the moon so that we would in fact freeze to death. It says, it's perfect. It moves on its axis. The waves pay attention. Everything works perfectly. And he said, I created everything on the earth as it functions for you, for your pleasure. Hebrews 2.10, God is the one who made all things. All things are for his glory. And he wanted to have you and me, his children, enjoy that glory. So he created the earth and said, I'm not lonely. I don't need you, but I want you. And so then, the Bible says, He created mankind. You see, if you say, I don't know there's a reason or a purpose, if you take a deep breath and you get it, and you breathe another breath, you can know that God has a purpose for your life. Now, God thought of us first, but He created us last. And so what does that mean? It means that in every part of creation— God knew and say, what will man like? What will, what is it that some of you, you just love the beach? And God said, I created that beach, the white sand, as beautiful just for you. You could sit on the beach and look at the sunset. Then he said, some of you don't give two liver lips about the beach. So he said, I cut out the mountains that you go to the mountains And you can look at all those mountains and see the colors as they change about now. And those of you that don't like the beach, surely you're going to like the mountains. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Say, I I did a little bit of it for all of you so that it would serve you well. And then after he created all that, he said, hmm, what's next? Then he created man. And woman. Long, Ephesians 1 4, before he laid down the earth's foundation, God had us in mind and he settled on us the focus of his love. You are the crown creation of God. The crown creation of God. And when you get down on yourself, you must remember that you are God's idea. James 1.18, God brought us into being through the word of truth so that we should have first place among all the creatures. And there is no misunderstanding that based on the scriptures how God felt about us. And then number three, God custom designed each of you. There's only one of you. Now for some of you, some people will say, well thank God there's only one of them. And others might say of you, I wish there were a thousand more like that person. That may be hard to believe that God created us in a way that no one else has ever been nor ever will be, just like we are. That's almost unbelievable. The God factor is involved. So here's what we have Psalms 138 God made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. And how well I know it, you watch me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. What does that mean? He created you for a specific purpose. And So don't you dare listen to some teacher, some professor, some scientist, or some person in authority tell you that you're an accident. My friend, there are no accidents in the family and the kingdom of God. No matter who you are, there may be parents that are accidental parents, but there are no children that were created by accident. God knew every one of them. Romans 11:34 have you ever come across anything quite like the extravagant generosity of God this deep deep wisdom it's way over our heads we'll never figure it out is there anyone around who can explain God anyone around that it can explain God no you know what trying to explain God is like an ant trying to explain the internet not going to happen We don't have the brain ability. He's unbelievable. He's indescribable. Our response should be, thank you, God, for your love and your grace. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's it. And remember, God thought of you first before he created one palm tree. And then here we go, your life has sanctity. Well, what does that mean? Sanctity comes from the word sanctify. And sanctify means to set apart. So when you were born, God said, I'm going to give you sanctity. I'm going to set you apart. I'm going to put you in an environment. You think you're in your family because you chose some man or some woman by accident? Let me tell you something. God put you right where you need to be. Don't you ever think that God's doing a guessing game with you? Don't you ever think there's a thing in your life that God is not aware of? It meant that God made you special in your own individual pattern, and your life has sanctity. Why? Because human beings are uniquely different from the rest of creation. God designed you in his image. How much better can you get of that? Designing you in his image. You might say, well, I wish he had designed me after this famous person who is one more handsome devil. But let me tell you, that one more handsome devil that you think you would like to be created from will not make it in eternity. God created you a body that it will enjoy the power of eternity because it is life filled forever and ever and ever. That's who you are. He transforms his creation so that you live as you love him forever. Genesis 1, 27, God created people in his own image. Say amen. God patterned them after himself. What does it say now? It says male and female. He created them. That is not popular in culture today, but it is the Word of God. Let me tell you what the truth is. God said, I'm going to create man and I'm going to create a woman and I'm not going to mix them up. Are you listening? I'm not going to mix them up. It is what it is by the grace of God. He makes you different in your life from all the animals. Animals were not designed in the image of God. I don't don't care how beautiful you think poo poo is. Come here, little shag nasty. I love you so much. Now, people are giving dogs two names Daniel, David, come here. The dog is confused. He doesn't reason. Which is it, Daniel, or is it David? You know what? I think all dogs would love it if we just named them dog. Come here, dog. Enough of that. It's not in my notes, as you can tell. But they weren't made in the image of God. You're a free moral agent. You choose between right and wrong. You have a conscience. Animals don't have a conscience. You can talk to God. You can pray to God. Animals were not created that way. And that's what makes you different. Psalms 8, 5, you made people inferior only to yourself. You crown them with glory and honor. God said that He's given us a certain position as human beings in the universe because He made us in His image. And my friend, the second reason of the sanctity of your life is that God planned your life before you were born. Let me see it. God planned your life before you were born. You say, oh God, I know some things have happened to me. That should have never happened. Well, you might be right. But let me just tell you a little secret. God had your life planned before you were born. And if you find it's not working according to the divine plan, somewhere along the line, you got stubborn. And you did not necessarily listen. Here we go, Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I, born. I set you apart for my, here it is, holy purpose. It says, He knew us before we were ever conceived, and He had a plan for us. John the Baptist, he said, The Spirit of God was in John the Baptist while he was still in the womb. Isaiah said, Hey, the Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, He called me by name. Oh, no accident. Oh, well, mommy and daddy got together. Let me tell you something. At the moment of conception, God said before the foundation of the earth, I knew that that would happen and you would be conceived. I knew the day, the moment that you would be born. And I created you to share this beautiful place that I call earth so that I might receive glory by the way that you by the way that you live rebecca god said hey your boys in there are gonna fight they're gonna be rival nations the older is gonna be the servant to the younger god says i don't want my plans aborted that's why we don't believe in abortion, no matter what culture says. You ought to have a right. Let me tell you, when you were born and you breathed, let me miss it again. When you were born and you breathed God's air, you belong to God but He gave you the choice of a free moral agent. Let me tell you something. Always keep your scriptural principles in line, because they will bless you as life goes on. Somebody say amen. Revelation 4, number 11, you, God, created everything, and it is for your pleasure that they exist and were created. I was created for God's pleasure. You see a beautiful tree? See the waterfall? See the sunset? God said, that's Hey, that brings pleasure to me. But you know what? You love doing all the things and look at all the beauty of the earth, going to the Grand Canyon, say, oh, how beautiful that is. Go, go to uh, different countries. How, how beautiful is that? But you know what God's pleasured with? When you look in that mirror and you look and you think, wow. And God says, hey, you are looking at my best creation. Be happy. With you because God gets pleasure out of watching you be you. He didn't call you to be somebody else. He didn't call you to act like somebody else. He called you to be you. He called you to be you. And there are some people say, well, I'll tell you what, my whole life. I tried to improve this body. Let me tell you something. There's a person, a lady I'm thinking about now. She probably wears a size 18. She's a great singer of gospel music and contemporary music. She's probably never seen less than a size 18. And and you know what? She's probably thought, God, I've worked my whole life trying to get down to a 14. A 14, you say, a size 6 would say, oh God, I hope I never get to a 14. I couldn't stand that. But if you're an 18 going to a 14, you're happy about it. What I'm trying to tell you is this. And you men out there, you just say, well, look at the women, you know. Well, let me tell you about the men. You know, there's some men that would love to have a 34 waist where the belt is right here, about 34 waist here. They claim it's a 34 because it's way down here, about four inches short from what's up here. Somebody talk to me. Let me tell you the best thing to do is say, God, I'm doing my best to live as good as I can. But one thing I'm going to do, I'm not going to hate me. I'm not going to complain about me. I'm going to enjoy who I am today and tomorrow. I'll endeavor to do a lot better. But I'm not going to let the devil or anyone beat me up. You are sorry, no good for nothing, scum. Well, what do I say if they say that to me? Pastor, you look at them and you say, I just thank you so much for the way you encourage me. I thought I was worse than that one of the great challenges that we have in our culture, particularly Christian church, if you've ever been the big D, the divorce. And often they think, oh my Lord. I'm in divorce, they'll never accept me. Let me tell you something. It's unfortunate anybody ever had to go through a divorce, but God doesn't love you any less. Are you listening to me? You might be a single parent out there and said, oh, woe is me, I'm a single parent." But let me tell you, you got extra covering coming your way as a single parent. that God said, I know what your need is, I'll lift you up and I'll take care of you as a single parent." When the church gets together and say, it's all right for you to be you and all right for me to be me, we'll get along just fine. That was a pitiful amen on that one. (laughs) Revelation 4.11, God created everything and it's for your pleasure, for your pleasure that they exist and created. How wonderful is that? Your identity has dignity. What does that mean? Everybody wants to feel that their life matters. That it's worth something. That you're valuable. Do you know what we need to pay more attention to? Encouraging one another. Not demeaning, not correcting, not trying to set the record straight. Not trying to say you need to improve. You know what? If we spend our time encouraging one another... We'll build better character and have less mistakes. Somebody say amen. You won't get dignity from dignity from wealth or fame or significance. Dignity is real significance. It comes from Almighty God. And real dignity comes from realizing that God sacrificed Jesus, his son, for you. How valuable are you? God said, I release you, Jesus to do the will of the Father to give your life. 1 Peter 1.18, God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. He paid for you with the precious life, blood of Christ, and he did this just for you. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I ought to shout to high heaven and say how valuable and important that I am that the Savior gave his life for me. <laughs> This commercial breaks brought to you by. (laughs) Do you know they take the tags off because we're not supposed to advertise? This is pure water. Here we go. We're to treat treat everyone with dignity. Now let me drill down. You're to treat your enemy with dignity you to treat those that say, my Lord, have mercy. Look at that bomb. Look at that homeless person. If they'd have paid better attention, they'd be at a better place. God said, no, you treat them with dignity. You treat them with dignity. If you got a particular persuasion of a, of a political party, you treat the other party with dignity. Are you listening? You treat your enemies, you treat those you disagree with, with dignity. And that might be a big order for some of us, but God has, and then parents, you are to treat your children with dignity. And children, you are to treat your parents with dignity. And mom and dad, you'll help them a little bit if you will pay attention to their discipline and love. They'll learn to know what it means to treat you with dignity. We must realize that the Holy Spirit lives within us. This vessel, it says, the leading of the Holy Spirit, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. This is what I want you to do. Some lady said to me, some older woman said to me the other day, this God speaks to me. I listen to him. He does. He speaks to me. Well, you know what? The Holy Spirit's supposed to speak to to all of us. every one of us, every day, come on, y'all, every day. But if you're not paying attention to God, you're going to miss it. And we know, wow, we know the beauty of what it means to be redeemed. Now, here it is, should dignity be given to the prostitute that the high-ranking spiritual officials chased her to Jesus and she fell at his feet? And they said, hey, what do you want to do with her? They're trying to trap him. He dribbled in the ground just a little bit. Got up and looked up and he said, hey guys. Any one of you that's without sin, you go ahead and take out justice. There are plenty of rocks around here. He that's without sin, he that's without some need of correction, take your rock and throw it first. One by one, they left. He said to her, where are your accusers? She said, they're gone. He said, yeah, they're gone. Listen, they're all gone. I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. He gave her dignity. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, woman. You've been here in this place before. This is about the third time you've come before this kind of situation. And I I think I'm going to withhold any kind of just grace or favor to you. You're not going to get much mercy out of me. It's time you straightened up. Do you understand what I'm saying? I could have let them stone you, but they walked away because they felt convicted. But don't put, she didn't do that. You know what he said? Hey, I treat you with dignity. Because here's the truth. If you don't learn. The right lesson you'll suffer the consequence of it but now let me share with you something your days have destiny and intentionality every day that's why in this political season that we're in people have said oh pastor what are you going some crying some weeping some shouting some hallelujah some whatever i said let me tell everybody this God's got a plan. And he didn't call me up and said, Wayne, how do you want to manage this? But he did say, Wayne, uh, do you trust me? Yes, sir. I said, do you trust me? Yes, sir. Okay, then. You behave in a way like you believe you know. I know what I'm doing. Let me tell you what I tell people all the time. Remember this, every decision, whether you like it or don't like it, that includes whatever happens in a nation, whatever happens in you and your family. God is taking you to a place of His divine will being done. And you might get slapped and knocked and ridiculed getting there. But eventually, if you hang on, why? Because Psalms 139, all the days planned for me were written in your book before I was one day old. So I trust you. And then I want you to listen carefully to this. God makes sure. You know, the new word today that I'm learning to use... Oh, they're, I'm, we used to say it when I was a kid, they're a mess. But you know what I'm hearing now, Julian? Ha! Huh. He's got a mess. They're a mess. You got problems, okay? But listen, God's been good at cleaning up messes since eternity began. In the heavens and the earth. But here's what he says. God makes sure that my problems have intentionality. So you just pause on that. Let it sink in in just a moment. Every mess, every challenge, everything that catches you by surprise, that God did not ask your permission for it to happen, he says, Whatever your mess is right now, there is a supernatural reason of intentionality. Romans 8 28, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of, of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. That means that every problem has purpose. So that we know the one of you, boy, and that caught me right up, slapped me right upside the face. Wow! Well, oh God, I'm, I'm staggering from that one. God said, yeah, and it has intentionality in your life. Everything that happens because every day I have planned for you. I have guided you. What do you think that it was Joseph in the Bible? Every day has intentionality the day that his brothers sold him to the slave, slave traders. And then he went to Potiphar's house, and the lady falsely accused him. And they came, and they arrested him and took him to prison. And then the baker, and, and they forgot him down there. He still had a gift, still kept his heart sweet, but he stayed true to God because he believed, every day, God, you had planned for me. It did not surprise you I'd be in this jail. It didn't surprise me, God. And eventually, after 40 years... Because he waited with faith and trust that God had something intentional, that he became second in command. And you know why he was able to be second in command? When the dream came forward, David's heart was mature enough in the purity of God's spirit to be able to say, this is what it means. He didn't have a bunch of cobwebs in there on whether or not he hated God one day and and despised him uh, one day and then loved him another. Every day David said, God, it's all up to you. I believe you have a divine purpose. And the, and the interpretation came down. And when his brothers came, he showed his heart. His brothers came. David recognized them. They didn't know that it was him. And you know what he could have done if his heart had not believed that God had a divine plan from the creation universe? He could say, buddy, I waited on this moment for 40 years. These boys have no idea what's about to happen to them. It's not what he did. I've been waiting to get even. No, he said, close the curtains, guys. Coming in here. I'm your brother. The harm that you meant for me. In your mess, remember this, the harm that you think the enemy meant for you. He says, God meant it for our good. You want to get God's best? You want to be able to climb through the rough patch? Remember who He is. God sees your broken heart. He sees your troubled mind. He sees your weak, broken spirit. But He said, if you'll just hang on and remain positioned for miracles, You'll be fine. and then your future has a destiny. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the what? House of the Lord forever. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know what? Romans 8:19 says, "All of creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who His children are." John 1:12 to all who received him. He gave them the right. To become the children of God. It was stand to your feet so I could land this plane. Oh, you don't want to land yet. <laughs> you want me to circle the runway a couple times? Here's what I believe. <laughs> my joy, my love for God, and who I am between my ears is not contingent on what's happening around me. And believe you me, about any given day, there's enough stuff that I have to deal with that would just slay a giant. But I have learned, I know in whom I have believed. I know in whom I have believed. Oh, I said, I know in whom I have believed. And he is able, he is able to keep that. He is. Here's what he said. and This is what I believe what's happening around us. I don't understand it. I tell Sharon this a lot. God's not making any mistakes. There have been a lot of prayers God hasn't answered for me. <laughs> and some people ought to be glad about that. <laughs> but listen to me. This is what I know. Oh, Jehovah knows what he's doing. And I believe right now that old Gabe is getting those lips tendered up. Amen. And pulling out that brass horn that's of heavenly brass. And he's got his lips wrapped around it and looking over there at God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he's just kind of warming it up. Somebody talk to me. And at the moment, oh, Lord, look at the world real from that one, God. Look what the world is, how they responded to that. We threw some of them a curveball. How are they doing? They down on their knees, God. They're praying. They don't agree. They don't understand. But they're calling on your name. He said, warm up, Gabe. Get ready. It's going to come. And when it comes and the dead in Christ shall be raised. And those of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. And forever, say forever, 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 we will be in the presence of Almighty God. Is that what you want? Let that be your worldview, my friend. Come on. Thank you, Jesus hallelujah you might be watching online and those of you here as we bow our heads god's got a message and he's got one for you he's got an exact word in your spirit that he's speaking to you weary pilgrim don't let the enemy push you around stand strong in the promise of almighty god but here's what i know we need to do sometimes we do get weary and God is going to help us. So I'm going to ask everybody to repeat this prayer. Would you do it? Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I have sinned. I have sinned. My faith has been weak. Has been I, have weak. Wavered. I have wavered. And I believe. And I believe. I've, been a I've been a little stubborn. But I know this. I know this. You have made a way made where made there, way. There, is no way. there is no way. I'm not going to run. I am going to stand stand in my faith faith and who I am am. in Jesus Christ. Christ. My life life. will manifest manifest the glory of God. God. In Jesus' name I pray. pray. Amen. You prayed that prayer. Some of you really need prayer. Let me tell you how it works. There's a green and white card in the pew back. If You'll write that need down and turn it in. Put it in the offering as you leave this morning. Take it to the front desk. We'll commune and we'll agree with you. Others of you, others of you watching on Facebook or online, you can go to that comment section make your comments and I, I prayed the prayer and I believe God redeemed me. Or pastor, pray with me about this. This really bugs me. Minister, here's what happens. We're to pray for one another and I believe as we respond and I pray the power of the Holy Ghost will tag all of us today and just touch us in Jesus' name that if we allow God to direct us we're going to have a great day and we're going to have a great day after that and we're going to have a great day after that and a great day after that and a great day after that and after a while you'll get used to the great days, amen? Hallelujah. So Father now bless and minister and meet every need In Jesus' name, amen. They're going to continue to worship. We're going to give you an opportunity to leave, and hopefully you'll be back Wednesday night. And don't forget next Sunday morning, the message, let me tell you, the message is going to blow. It's going to blow your socks off. Amen. Love you, everybody. God bless you.